Next on BYUSN, hey, QB1 is set to have a big season for the Cougars, but what would a great season look like for Keaton Slovis this year? And speaking of Keaton, he'll give us an inside look at the BYU offense and what it's like to play against a Jay Hill defense. And men's hoops assistant coach Nick Robinson joins us to break down the non-conference schedule. It was released just now, plus Jennifer Rockwood and Bella Felino stopped by to preview women's soccer season opener against St. Louis. It's a game night. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, August 17th. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who is always mic'd up, whether he knows it or not, Jason Shepard. You can always get yourself in trouble. <laughs> You never know. Always a hot mic, right? Thankfully, BYU's quarterback is a very diplomatic figure. Yeah, look, if you've ever said, you know what, I wonder what Keaton Slovis, I wonder if, if Keaton Slovis and I are, are alike. Well, you know what? We are. We all want the same thing. Take yes. a look at this. Bro, can we just play already? I hate waiting around. That's the worst part about That's this game. That's all you do as a quarterback. I know, you just wait play. around. That is That's the worst thing, though. I love this game, but what I do hate about it, waiting, bro. You wait for the game. You wait to get the ball. Then you get the ball. You wait for the play. Then you get the play. You score. Then you wait for the defense to get the ball back. You just wait. It's a waiting game. And I don't like waiting. I'm patient, too. But <laughs> He's we, just like us. Yes. We don't want to wait for football. Even the most patient of people eventually run out of patience. That's right. And that pertains to football and the football fans and all of us, not to mention the players like Keaton Slovis. Look, and with what? My expectations are for Keaton Slovis this year. I want him on the field as much as possible. Absolutely. And we will get into that in a minute. We're tired of waiting for you to play too, Keaton. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. There will be no more waiting for What's Trending either. Presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. Now, before we get to more of our discussion on Keaton Slovis, you will, ironically enough, have to wait a little bit longer. It's funny for how that, that worked out. <laughs> it was not planned that way. It's because we have some breaking news. BYU men's basketball and the non-conference schedule have gone official. It was just released moments ago. So let's take a look, Jason, and get initial reactions to the first ever non-conference schedule for BYU men's hoops as a member of the Big 12 Conference. The season opens. That's not the UConn Husky. That's the, that's the Houston, <laughs> Houston Christian, Christian Husky. I, I did have to take a double when take. When I first saw second. that, I was like, what? UConn? No, it's Houston Christian on November 6th. And then how about the second game showdown with San Diego State, a team that played in the national championship game a year ago. They're in the Marriott Center on November 10th. I love that BYU and San Diego State have maintained the basketball scheduling back and forth. Yes. They've been able to play each other for several seasons. I love that there is that connection moving it's forward. It's a rivalry. Yes, 100%. Southeastern Louisiana also at the Marriott Center on November 15th, followed by the Bears of Morgan State visiting Provo on November 18th. We move later into November and the multi-team event in Las Vegas. How about Arizona State? Future conference opponent. 
Indeed. We didn't think that was going to be the case just a few weeks ago, but here we are. This is a preview of Big 12 play, if you will, and then it'll be either North Carolina State or Vanderbilt at the Las Vegas Showdown. Then there's a week off. Fresno State at the Delta Center, the home of the Utah Jazz on December 1st. Yeah, it's fun that that's continuing, that BYU will be able to play at, uh, at the home of the Utah Jazz. It's always fun to to see my two worlds come together. Yes. you got BYU and the Jazz in one spot. I love it. I hope that uh, the, the NBA arena situation goes a little bit better for BYU this year compared to what happened against South Dakota State. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> On December 5th, the Aces of Evansville will visit Provo, and then BYU at Utah, also a Big 12 conference preview now. Mm. The Cougars and Utes meet at the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City on December 9th. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, that One. is the only true yes. road game in the non-conference schedule. And it's 45 miles north. That's your, that. that is your lone true road game is in Salt Lake City. Love that. Yeah, everything else will either be MTE or in Provo. Yes, a, a neutral site. And even the farthest, new, you go to Las Vegas, BYU's home away from home, yep. right? Ton of fans there, okay? Into the mid part and latter part of December, BYU will host the Pioneers of Denver on December 13th. Then they'll welcome Georgia State. The Panthers visit the Marriott Center on December 16th. Bellarmine will take on BYU on December 22nd, little Christmas-ish type game. And how about the Wyoming Cowboys? Yes, Wyoming and BYU will meet in basketball to close out the non-conference schedule on December 30th. Do you know where Bellarmine is, by the way? Is it in North Carolina? It is in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, it's in Kentucky. I did not know. Had no clue. I thought it was in North Carolina. Had no it's idea in, it's where in that Kentucky. was. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just I just looked it up. <laughs> well, we welcome them from Kentucky yes. on December 22nd. Okay, uh, quick, overall thoughts, top to bottom on the non-conference schedule. Uh, I, I mean, look, I like the fact that BYU is going to get a lot of opportunities to play at home. Um, I like that. I like the fact that they're not going to have to do a ton of traveling. Uh, the fact that you only have the one true road game, and yeah. then you have the, the tournament in Vegas. You have you know the neutral site game in Salt Lake City. So I like the fact that you're not going to have to travel a lot before you start what is going to be an unbelievable conference yes. schedule, you know, in now in the Big 12. So I, I, I like what they've done. BYU, depending on how the schedule shakes out and where they play the games uh, in conference and when, for that matter, will face anywhere between, I think, 14 to 18 quad one teams. Yeah. Okay. And if you're not familiar with the quadrants, Quadrant one games are the most difficult, according to the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee. So, and you get the most credit for playing yes. or just scheduling. Yes. You're not necessarily penalized for losing yes. a quad one game. Certainly not on the road right. when you lose a quad one game. But BYU is probably going to play somewhere between 14 and 18 quadrant one games in Big 12 play. As I look at the non-conference slate, Jason, at most, I think, three. Probably two. Probably just two, and I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Like, warm up, let this team gel. This is a unique situation for Mark Pope. He just lost Quez Glover. He had one of the youngest teams, as far as experience goes, in the entire country a year ago. This will give this team, after their trip to Italy, a little bit more time to gel together and then get ready for, as you mentioned, it's just going to be an unbelievably difficult run through the Big 12. Yep, the non-conference, its entire purpose is to get yourself ready for conference play. All right, we wait no longer for quarterback discussion, <laughs> Keaton Slovis discussion from BYU football training camp. And we're going to have a little bit of fun with this today, Jason. Uh, we have a one-on-one -on -one interview with Keaton on t and some blind resumes to look at 
what we think a good season would translate to in wins and losses and what we think Keaton has to do to meet a quote-unquote good season and the numbers within a good season. Like I said, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll also play over-under later in the show with some key statistics surrounding Mr. Slovis. But first, we begin uh, with the Keaton Slovis interview, Jace. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and start with the blind resumes. Can we do that? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do blind resumes. What would a good season look like for Keaton Slovis this year? Just without seeing anything, when when you when I say ah, it's a good season, what does that look like to you? So we're we talking we're we talking numbers. Yes, we're- just straight up numbers. And again, to help us under, like look into this, we have some resumes. All right, so let's numbers. let's look at these. Yes, let's look at these. This is and we don't know. We don't we, know who this is. We don't is. know who this is. We have not seen these numbers. This no. is the first time we're seeing. We this. don't know who it is, when it happened. Okay, and so. But if, if you say, okay, Keaton Slovis completes 61.3% of his passes, mm-hmm. over 3,500 yards, he's throwing for 323 a game, 25 touchdowns, 15 interceptions with an efficiency of 139. Would that qualify as a good season for Keaton Slovis? Yeah, I think it would be a good season. Yeah. 323 passing yards per game with 25 touchdowns. A little high on the interceptions. Yeah, see, that, that's the where I would go. I would say that it's a little high. I like the 25 because 25 was kind of the number that I looked at and said, like, for a good season, I think, I think he's more than capable of getting at least 25 touchdowns. Okay. Okay. Now, I think he, I think he will do better than that. We'll get to a little more of that later on in over-under. Yes, yes. But I, I, thought, I kind of looked at 25 was kind of that number. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that is a good season. I, I don't know if that's the season I think that he would want for himself. Sure. A little low on the completion percentage as well, 61.3. Keaton's season average, I mean, average over his career is 65.9% completion. Um, he dipped down towards the low 60s. In fact, I think it was maybe under 60 last season at Pittsburgh. So big dip, but he wasn't healthy, was not dealing with a full deck there at Pittsburgh. And I'm not talking about Keaton. I'm talking about just the weapons around him where all of a sudden were gone. His offense coordinator is gone. So I I want that to be a little higher, and I'm with you. Like the touchdown-interception ratio needs to be closer to 3-1. to Okay, so who was that out of curiosity? Let's find out who that was. Ryan Hancock. Oh, it was Kevin Federer. Kevin Federer. I thought maybe it was Ryan Hancock. Uh, in the and they went early eight, 90s. eight and four that year. So okay. see, based off of those numbers, I was going to say that was probably okay. a seven or eight win season. Okay, eight and four in the Mountain West Conference. How would that translate to the Big Twelve with those numbers? Not playing the Mountains, maybe six wins. Yeah, like I'd probably six probably best, say probably six seven. wins. If you're throwing 15 interceptions and completing 61 percent of your passes, but you're throwing for a ton of yards, six wins. Okay, for okay. me. All right, All right let's see the next blind one. Blind resume number two. I love this. Again, we don't know who it is or which season it was or how many games they even won. It's under 60%. Okay, so the TD to interception ratio, though, is, is a better. little bit better because I like the 10. I okay. like the 10 or less. Um, but, yeah, under 60. Passing yards, still almost 3,400. 296 yards per game. Basically would, 300 would, yards a game. Would we be unhappy if Keaton Slovis threw for almost 300 a game? Are no. you kidding me? No, we would not be. That, no. would, that would be an amazing number. Against a low on completion, touchdown interception ratio, as you point out, is a little bit better, and the efficiency, if that's right, 259.8. What's the record with these numbers? If this is what Keaton's putting up, what's the record this year? Seven wins. See, that's I'm a, saying, I'm going to say six. So that's 159.8. I wonder, is that Steve Young? 
Is that Steve Young? Is Actually, Steve? I'm going to say, before we reveal, I'm going to say seven. I'm changing. I'm okay. saying seven with that. Seven with that. Seven with Okay. Yes. All right. Now let's see who that was. I'm, my over-under right there is probably six and a half as well. Okay. I, so the blind resume reveal. Who is, I think it's Steve Young. Okay. Okay. Because I, 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 this is a total shot in the dark. And it's Tanner, Tanner Mangum. Okay. Nine and four. Nine and four. As an independent, yes. that was a lighter schedule yes. that BYU played. I mean, Nebraska and Boise Nebraska, State. Nebraska, Boise State, yes. But those, that Nebraska team had a losing record. Okay. It was, it was fun. It was great. Boise State was not the team that we thought they were. They were ranked when BYU beat them, but they kind of tailed off as well. Nine and four in independence with a lighter schedule. You, you think seven? Yeah, seven is kind of where I go with this. Seven, yeah. I'm a six and a half. I'd set the over under at six and a half right there. Okay. Blind okay. resume number three. This is so much fun. All right. What do you got for us? 61%. 3,700 passing yards. 309 a game. And how about the 29 touchdown passes, only 14 interceptions? I'm taking this. The completion I know is at 61. 3,700 yards. I'm, I, I absolutely take this. And this I say is seven the, wins. I see. I say. I say it's eight wins. Eight? Yeah. Too many interceptions. Okay. Let's see. Seven interceptions. Let's see who this is. Or, okay. It's John Walsh. Ten and three. One of the most underrated seasons in BYU football history, by the way. Ten and three. BYU beat Notre Dame yep. and Oklahoma this season as part of BYU's 6-1 and one combined record against Oklahoma and Texas. Yes, they won in South Bend, and the Cougars dominate Oklahoma in the Copper Bowl. Okay. I'm taking those numbers. 10-3 and three in the whack. Yes. And remember, the whack was a bit different then. I just don't think BYU's going to be able to turn the ball over that much and get away with it in the Big 12. I agree. But you've got to remember that that's when this, that was the heyday of scoring. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm taking it. I, am ta I will take those numbers. I look at those numbers... And, again, consistently across those blind resumes, I just want a little bit better completion percentage and fewer interceptions. I don't know that I expect Keaton Slovis to throw for that many yards. Like most I'm of not those, sure he's going to have to. Most of to. those guys were upward or closer to, like, 3,400 or more. Right. right. Give me 3,000 yards and fewer interceptions, better completion percentage. Now, now we're talking what Aaron Roderick is really excited about. I, I, don't, I don't know if with the running backs that BYU has this year, I, I don't know if he's going to have to throw 3,700 yards. All right. To be able to have this success like that. As promised, I recently spoke with Keaton Slovis one-on-one -on -one after BYU football training camp to get his thoughts on what it's like to play for his offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick, and what is it like to compete against a Jay Hill defense now in practice. One-on-one -on -one with Keaton Slovis. Keaton, I thought you gave a very diplomatic answer following the first scrimmage of fall camp and who won the day, offense or defense. You're a quarterback. You know how these things go. And it's kind of a funny dynamic when you're all the same team, but you're in camp together. But I had a bunch of other guys tell me that the offense won the day. Okay. <laughs> so as you look back on that and, and that first scrimmage, how, how would you assess the offense's overall performance now you've had a few days to think about it? Yeah, you know, feel really good about it. And obviously, I think every day you go out the field, unless you do something, you know, a few things bad, you usually feel like you win. Uh, you got to keep a positive mindset. But again, the defense did do a lot of good things. And, um, you know, as a guy who tries to be a leader on the team, you know, you want to keep those guys confident. And even when you do have a good day, uh, you got to give them, give them a good pat on the back when they make good plays too and have their days. To this point of camp, and we're roughly two and a half weeks away from game number one, do you feel like the offense specifically is ahead of schedule, right on schedule, or behind schedule? I think we're right on schedule. Obviously, we're not, you know, 
we're probably a little bit ahead, you know, in, in terms of like where we want to be, where we feel comfortable, um, but we're not there yet. The hay's not in the barn. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to do. Today was a big install day, adding a lot of stuff that will help us this year. So, um, again, uh, you like to feel like you're on pace. You never want to feel like you're right on schedule because you have a little bit of mishap, you're behind. So I feel like we're in a good spot. I'm pretty happy with where we're at. You mentioned this is a big install day. What's that like for you as the quarterback on these type of days when you are running out a bunch of new stuff? Yeah, you just have to stay confident and keep everyone kind of staying positive. You know, not every play is going to be a gash play. Uh, you know, maybe it's not built for the defense that we get, but you have to get the reps and you have to stay confident. And, um, you know, even today, you know, had had a few plays of those install. You know, it might be a little bit of a grind, but you got to get through it. And then that way, when you call it and install it during the season, you feel that much better about it. How would you define your offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick's play calling style? Pretty aggressive, you know, but he's uh, – Again, he's going to do and, and take what the defense gives us. And I think the thing, too, is you always have answers. Regardless of what the defense does, um, we're going to be aggressive. Or we're going to be smart. We're not just going to be uh, careless with the football. Uh, we'll check the ball down. We'll run our screens. We'll, we'll run the ball. And um, you'll have explosive, aggressive runs, too. So um, it's super fun to play for him. I told him about the scrimmage. Like, that was so much fun today, going out and playing ball at Lavelle. So um, yeah, it's a blast playing for him. What was the best thing you saw happen in the pace of play today for this specific practice? Um, two minute, you know, we had a had a good drive, had a certain weird situation. Uh, we did what we wanted to do, and uh, in the scrimmage, that was one of our downsides, you know, in two minutes. So I think today that was a good step up. And uh, usually in that situation, you're running your base offense, not as much install. So I was pretty happy with that. One of your friends and mentors, John Beck, who's like at the top of his game and co coaching quarterbacks, called you a tactician, and called you very level-headed. Um, always looking to improve. So with that in mind, where at this point, where are you looking to improve the most before game number one, just as far as your own personal skill set goes? Yeah, again, like in terms of throwing the ball and, um, you know, all the quarterback stuff, that stuff's kind of already taken care of. That's what the offseason's for. So I think now it's kind of just get more and more comfortable with the offense, make sure we run the plays the right way. Even if we don't get that look in practice, if we got this look, what would I do and where would the ball go? And just really having a holistic understanding of the offense, um, that's what fall camp's for. We're here every day. We're here late. Um, so again, I want to take advantage of that time and really get a good understanding of everything. How are your relationships going with your playmakers, specifically the receivers and the tight ends, your pass catchers? Yeah, they're good. They're fun. Uh, you know, we kind of take a lot of pride in making plays, you know, and the running backs are included. Um, it's our job to create explosive plays and we get the ball in space or get one on one. We got to take advantage of it. So uh, it's been easy. It's been fun. Those guys work so hard. They do things right. And, um, you know, and they're always asking me where I want them to be and, and stuff like that, which is awesome because as a quarterback, um, if they know what you think, they're probably going to be where you want to be, when you want to be there, when, you know, when the bullets are flying a little bit. So, yeah, they're awesome. Is there anyone asking for the ball more right now? Uh, everyone, all their receivers always want the ball, but that's the thing too. This group's pretty selfless. You know, I don't think no guys have ever, you know, complained or, you know, said, oh, you should have thrown it to me and never had any of that. Um, guys are really selfless. They trust me to make decisions and they trust their teammates to make plays when they get the ball. How would you assess the play of the offensive line in front of you thus far? Pretty solid. We got a good group of guys, pretty deep group of guys, a lot of depth. Um, they've done a fantastic job and that's, that's credit to the defense too. They give a lot, a lot of crap at us. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's like Jay Hill's trying to cook some stuff up to trick us and, uh, they do a great job. They weather the storm every day. And uh, again, a lot of communication between me and them, you know, in terms of protections and where we're going. So uh, I've been very happy with that group. Yeah, Jay Hill, I'm glad you brought him up because he told me early in your days at BYU, as you were getting used to the offense and he comes in with exotic play calling on defense, there were some frustrating moments for you. So how has playing against his defense helped you progress as a quarterback? It's helped me a lot, you know, and I think beyond understanding a certain blitz or certain call, you just understand shifts and balance of defenses. And I think that allows me to kind of understand where the pressure's coming from, where the holes in defense are. And even yesterday, he'll come off after the scrimmage and be like, man, it sucks playing against you guys. <laughs> and that's always good to hear as an offense. So, uh, but it's also tough to play against him. And that's kind of the balance that we want as a 
team, you know, going into the season. From a team perspective and just the culture and, and the locker room feel right now, what is it like inside the BYU locker room at this point in camp? It's good. You know, these are kind of the dog days of camp, as we call it. But we talk about staying optimistic, having good body language, and just being positive. And I think at, uh, you know, as we get into this time in camp, um, you know, here more than any other place, guys have been very positive. Coaches take care of us. Um, we have fun. And I think, you know, when you're two and a half, three weeks into camp, that's pretty rare. Usually guys are kind of hating football. And here, uh, it's been, been a blast. We've had a ton of fun. And guys are, you know, super fun and, and happy to come to the locker room every day, which makes, you know, everything that much more better. You seem re-energized, and maybe that's just generalizing it, but like, how are you feeling overall just attitude-wise about this opportunity at BYU right now? Great, and extremely grateful. Um, you know, everything's kind of how we want it to play out. You know, coming to the portal, certain things we wanted to do, and um, you know, what it wanted to look like coming fall, and it's all come to fruition. Um, now we just got to prepare for the season and you know, make the most of it. When I say Sam Houston State, what comes to mind? Uh, just excited, you know, great opportunity to come out, play at home, um, you know, we've had, you know, the season is, uh, you know, is why you come here and why you come play the game. So um, as much as I love the offseason and all this stuff, you know, you, you play, what do you say? You play to win the game. Isn't that the quote? So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm excited for it. I know all these guys are fired up too. Caden, great to talk to you. We wish you the best of luck moving forward. Good health, and we'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Quarterback one at BYU, Keaton Slovis. Okay, we showed you three blind resumes. Let's do one more. Before we did this interview. Okay, now let's take a look at the fourth today. Okay, 62% completion percentage. Okay. 3,875 yards. Okay, I know who this is, though, unfortunately. This is John Beck. This is John Beck, isn't it? No, I think it's, no? I think it's, I think it's Jaron. Oh, oh, it's Robbie Bosco. Oh! It's oh. Robbie Bosco's national championship season. But look at the touchdown-to-interception ratio. Straight up 3-1. to one. Okay. The efficiency marks so good. 322 a game, 62% completion percentage in a perfect season. I saw the 33 and thought it was either Zach or Jaron because both of their final seasons in Provo, they each threw for 33 touchdowns. Yes. How many did John Beck throw for in his senior season? I need to look that up. But, okay, but, Jason, if those are the numbers. I'll take it. Especially what, if you what get the result. What, what does it mean for BYU? What, like, I, how many wins does BYU have if that is the quarterback season? Eight wins minimum? It feels like it. it was 32 touchdowns for John, so I was one off in his senior okay. season. All okay, right. but yeah, I, I feel good about eight wins with those numbers. I feel great about those. 33 numbers. touchdowns yeah. and almost 4,000 yards passing, 11 interceptions. BYU's going to win eight games. Let's put it. Let's put it in stone. What type Write it down is, in pen. Our question of the day: What type of season does Keaton Slovis need to have in order to be an NFL draft pick? Trying to make it happen, three quarterbacks in a row. So what type of season do you feel like he would need to be a third consecutive quarterback drafted into the NFL? Dan Gerber on Facebook adds 4,000-plus yards. Oh. Zach and Jaron didn't do no, that. No, I don't, I don't. Zach and Jaron didn't I, do that. I don't think he needs 4,000 yards. They took care of the ball. Yeah. They were super efficient, right? 25-plus touchdowns, he adds. Single-digit interceptions. That would help. That's mm -hmm. what Zach and Jaron did. 68-plus yep. Completion percentage. So I'm on board with three of those, but like if it's 3,000 plus yards and he has 25 plus touchdowns, single digit interceptions, mm -hmm. and it's completing 68 or more percent of his passes, then he's going to be in a great spot. It, there's going to be a lot of winning in Provo with those numbers too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no Hashtag question about BYUSN it. on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Join us on Tuesday, August 22nd for BYU Sports Nation's 2023 BYU football season preview show. 
We'll give you our predictions for the season, plus get a look at the depth chart from Blaine Fowler and David Nixon as well as we talk to head coach Kalani Satake. It is a jam-packed show, the season preview on Tuesday. And look at this. Look who's made his way into Studio B. It is the astute and always accommodating Nick Robinson, BYU basketball assistant coach, here to break down the non-conference schedule. We got it like 10 minutes ago. That's right. He's on, he's on cue, man. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's head over to the living room. Okay. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Beastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. For three. He oh. got it again! The winner. Got it! Oh, yeah. I know it's only August, but we're juiced for basketball as well. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. We now officially welcome into the Cougar Council Room assistant coach Nick Robinson of men's basketball. Hey, it's great to be here and a part of the council. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Let us counsel, sir. Good, sir, about the non-conference schedule that we've been waiting around for. I know you were just like waiting on one piece and Cody Feger and you said a few weeks ago, we're just, we're just waiting on one piece, one piece. Well, you got it locked into place. Now you got 13 games. How are you feeling overall about the entirety of the non-conference slate for BYU? Yeah, we're super excited about the non-conference schedule. Number one, right, we've got nine home games. Um, you know, we traveled to Salt Lake City twice, one to play at Utah, and then one to play at the Delta Center uh, versus Fresno State, and then we're in Vegas. So the opportunity to have Cougar Nation, right, fill the stands for nine home games oh, um, is going to be fantastic as we head into the Big 12. Was that always the plan, putting this schedule together to have that many home games, or is that just the way it worked out? You know, as we move into the Big 12, we've shifted a little bit to want more home games as opposed to, right, neutral, right, yeah. uh, high-quality games. And so, um, you know, to be able to get quality games in the Marriott Center is really the goal at this point in time. And so, you know, for us to be able to have the non-conference schedule that we uh, were able to come up with this year uh, actually will give us a great preparation uh, for scheduling into the future as well as, as we go into the Big 12 this season. All right, let's walk through this schedule game by game and do this uh, in a chronological approach but it starts on November 6th and we, Jason and I were joking when we first saw this I saw that husky pop up and I was like UConn? UConn. <laughs> it's not UConn. <laughs> what? You're playing in the Big 12? You play UConn and San Diego State to open? The two teams? No, it's Houston Christian. But still, November 6th, uh, it's a date that everybody on your team and the staff's going to have circled. It's just the, the official tip-off. Um, followed by San Diego State. What do you think of the two, the opening two games at the Marriott Center there in early November? Yeah, for, for the first week, right, to open the season, it's going to give us a great opportunity to, one, get on the floor, right, and compete versus Houston Christian in preparation, right, for San Diego State, right, who was a Final Four team last year. Every, every game that we've had uh, in the series that we've had with them has been right down to the wire. So uh, it's a great start to, to our week and, and to our, our – uh, 
uh, schedule. We were talking about this at the beginning of the show. You know, not only is there history between BYU and San Diego State being in the same conference forever, but you know, as you mentioned it, the fact that you guys have continued to play each other, that's really important to have them on the schedule. That has turned out to be a really good series, regardless of where that game has been played. Yeah, San Diego State has been right fantastic over the years. Uh, but as a quad one, which we'll probably get into a little bit later, it's really a barometer for where we are right early on in the season. And so uh, it's going to be a super exciting game. You take on Southeastern Louisiana on November 15th and then Morgan State. And then it's the multi-team event in the Vegas Showdown where you get Arizona State for sure, which is a Big 12 preview soon now. To, soon to be conference okay. opponent. Right? Which is <laughs> <laughs> just crazy, crazy, but super fun. And then you get either North Carolina State or Vanderbilt. This is the only trip you make outside of the state in non-conference. Yeah, no, it's unique that it worked out that way. Uh, but we're excited to be able to go right to Vegas for the Vegas Showdown. Uh, you know, with one of the ESPN events, and to have uh, you know the quality of teams there. Um, you know, again, future Big 12, um, Vanderbilt, right, uh, North Carolina State. Again, will give us a nice right uh, checkpoint. Uh, you know, through the non-conference schedule of where we are as we head into the Big 12. I know Coach Pope has talked a lot about the importance of those MTEs and, and what that does for a team. What, what's, what are the benefits of those types of events? You know, each year, right, depending on where you travel to and the teams that are in the multi-team event, it provides you, right, especially our team, okay, how are we going to handle, right, game one of a tournament-like setting, Yeah. right? You know, we've got the Big 12 tournament and, you know, potentially the NCAA tournament way down the road, and this is the one opportunity that you gain, right, to have NCAA tournament teams in the non-conference in a tournament setting. It is like that That week is essentially the neutral site week because then you come back and you take on Fresno State at the home of the Utah Jazz, the Delta Center before you host Evansville, and then the rivalry game at Utah on December 9th. Now, I mentioned only one trip outside of the state, only one true road game. How much of that was calculated because you know the Big 12 schedule is going to be so difficult. Yeah, I mean, in talking with Coach Pope as we looked at what the Big 12 schedule is going to be, right? So, for example, right, we had 13, right, total quad one and quad two games last year. Total quad one and total, quad two. Quad one and quad two, the entire season, right? This year, right, we're projected to have 14 total, right, quad one, one. games. Yeah, not oh two, right? Goodness. You know, 12 in league, two in nine conference with another seven, right? So a total of 21 quad one and quad two. And so the importance of being able to be in the Marriott Center, to have Cougar Nation, to have the rock, to have that advantage, whether that's altitude or whatever it might be, right, is really, really important for Coach Pope and all of our fans, wow. right, to be able to experience that and to be able to put our team, right, in situations over and over again, right? Because when we get to Big 12 play, right, you want to win at home yeah. as much as possible. Well, and then after Utah, you, you wrap things up all at home. Denver, Georgia State, Bellarmine, and then Wyoming is the final non-conference game. By the game. way, and is that's it Bellarmine, the, by the way? Is, is that how you say it, Bellarmine? Bellarmine? Might be Bellarmine. 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 Okay. okay. 
The E at the end. It might be men, right? The, the, the E at the end <laughs> threw me off. Is it mine or is it mean? Okay, but regardless. Out of Louisville. Out of Louisville. Kentucky. We looked it up. Yep. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll check chat GBT. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As you look at the final four of the non-conference slate, uh, how do you feel about the ramp up into Big 12 play with those four? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's unique about the Big 12 play compared to the West Coast Conference was right now we'll have in non-conference either two games a week or one game a week. So as we get to the you know, into December, right, there's two opportunities for us to have one game, right, a week. And so that uh, opportunity to be able to rest, recover, right, really focus in on those scouting opportunities, right, will prepare us both physically, mentally, right, as we head into the Big 12 uh, gauntlet, right, of a schedule. For what it's worth, I love the, the, the layout, the fact that you don't have to travel a ton, knowing like the, 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 and then this is just like the BYU basketball support and fan in me speaking, where it's like, I like this, gives you a chance to ramp up, and then, then you take on what's just going to be an unbelievably entertaining and, as Coach Pope called it, terrifying <laughs> Big 12 schedule. Uh, we'll finish with this. You're headed to Italy and Croatia with the team, and you got a new dress, director of basketball ops, Nate Austin, that you're taking with you. Is this the best upgrade ever for a, an ops guy to show up, take the job, and then go to Italy, Croatia? <laughs> Is there anything better than that? Well, I mean, we are, we are so fortunate, right, to be able to have the staff changes that we've had, right, throughout this summer. And so, you know, the 10 practices that we've been able to experience over the last three weeks has really been the most important thing, right, for everybody that's joining the staff, um, for us to be able to prepare our team, right, for a great trip. Um, you know, we talk about the non-conference schedule, but this trip as well is super important, right, for camaraderie, right, for, you know, what culture Coach Pope, right, desires from all of us as we head into this new season. It's such an exciting time, but yes, super excited to go to Italy, super excited to go to Croatia, super excited to play some games and have some fun. It's going to be fantastic. Do you have any room on the plane? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Sure there's any room left on the plane. Hey, look, I'm going to shoot my shot, coach. You know hey, what I mean? It was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. Okay. <laughs> I airballed it, but it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Good. Nick, thanks for hanging out with us. Guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate God, it. We're super excited for it. Thank you. All right, after further review, returns next week for the second edition of Meet the Players. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon as they break down the best plays from impact players such as Ben Bywater, Max Tooley, and more. Be sure to watch the brand new episode next Tuesday at 7 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. We asked you this last week. We're going to follow up again today. How would you really feel about a future Big 12 foe as BYU's bowl game opponent? Tell me how you really feel. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and threads if it's still up. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jason Shepard. It's time for headlines. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Fall Camp continues today as the Cougars inch closer to the regular season opener against Sam Houston. In fact, hit it. Countdown to the Bearcats. 16 days. 16 days away. A Blaine Fowler jersey away. Yes. From the start 
of the season. A Jaron Hall jersey at the Minnesota Vikings. Very away. nice. Very timely Two as well. Two weeks from Saturday. That's right. In other BYU football news, this not so good. Safety Micah Harper announced on social media early today that he is out for the season due to injury. Tough loss, certainly. For the BYU defense, we wish him all the best in his recovery. We love you, Micah. We wish you a very, very quick and safe recovery from that injury. Men's basketball non-conference schedule we just went through with Nick Robinson. Some highlights if you missed it. First non-conference game, November 6th against Houston Christian. BYU plays in the Vegas Showdown on November 23rd and 24th, opening against Arizona State. Only road game, true road game, is at Utah on December 9th, and they finish up the non-conference schedule December 30th in Provo against Wyoming. Number 13, women's soccer hosting number 21, St. Louis tonight at South Field in the regular season opener. You can watch this top 25 matchup at 9 p.m. Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. And coming up in our next segment, head coach Jennifer Rockwood and Bella Felino will join us. BYU women's basketball currently in Italy on their foreign tour. They beat the Spanish All-Stars, Jason, 62-43 yesterday. The team posting pictures this morning of the team at the Rome Italy Temple. How cool is it that these Very BYU cool. teams get to go and experience these European tours? So cool. Daniel Schneeman hit a double last night to extend his hitting streak to 10 games, tying his longest hit streak of the season. Schneeman is currently hitting 296 with 11 home runs. Call him up to the big team already. BYU golfer Cooper Jones has advanced in the United States Amateur Championships from the round of 64 into the round of 32 in match play, outlasting Maxwell Maldivan. Took 23 holes. Jones will compete in the round of 32 today, and if he advances, hello, sweet 16. This is a huge tournament, huge accomplishment. Those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark said in a recent interview that, quote, basketball represents about 25% of the total audience okay. and that we're not getting 25 cents on the dollar for basketball, end quote. What do you make of these comments? That Brett Yormark is making a very, very heady and aggressive play yes. to point out that basketball matters more in the Big 12. He's going to leverage this into yes. more money somehow. I don't know how much it's going to be, but he will figure out a way to leverage basketball in the Big 12 into more money for each of the programs. He means, and he even said on the same podcast, that he feels basketball is undervalued. And yes. I, he, he is somebody that can do something about that. All right, last week we learned that, B that BYU could play a future Big 12 foe potentially in a bowl game. Well, Heartland College Sports this year, even though they're not technically in the same conference right now, has BYU and Arizona playing in the Independence Bowl. Would you like this Big 12 preview as a bowl game matchup in Shreveport? I'm fine with that. I'm really fine with it. I really don't care who the opponent is. If BYU's in a bowl game, that means they went bowl eligible. Sure. So that's, that's all that I care about. That's great. I just don't want to go to Shreveport. <laughs> Again. I don't want to go there. I got COVID in Shreveport. I don't want Shreveport anymore. The, the odds of getting it a second time are very small. <laughs> and that was not the not the trip for the bowl game either. A bowl game loss and COVID were the two trips I had to Shreveport. Okay. Up next, BYU women's soccer, as we mentioned, kicks off their season tonight. Ranked matchup at Southfield. We cannot wait. Head coach Jen Rockwood and senior Bella Felino in Studio B to preview the season opener. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Hangs up, headed by Bellino. Bellino with the header. They'll try it and score it. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It's a game day for BYU women's soccer. We are live alongside Jason Shepard. I'm Spencer Lynch. We have a regular season game on campus tonight. I know. I know. It's, it's very exciting. And uh, to just add to the excitement, we welcome in the head coach of BYU women's soccer and one of her stars, Bella Felino. Welcome to the show on Game Daniels. Thank you for carving out a piece of your busy schedule to hang out with us on well, BYU Sports Nation. Happy to be here, guys. <laughs> okay. Happy to be here. Thanks for promoting it. We're excited. Jen, it's so atypical of you to, uh, you know, stack up the non-conference schedule with a challenging <laughs> contest. Oh, wait, you always do That's this. That's what we do. Yes. That's what we do. Ranked matchup to begin tonight. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, the showdown with St. Louis? Well, you know, just can't wait. You're always really excited about that first game, but to have a team and a program like St. Louis come to Southfield where they have been killing it the last few years, 20-2 and two last year, one of the leading scoring teams in the country. Um, you know, it, it's, I don't know how much better it could be yeah. to start your yeah. season off to really see where you are right from the get-go. Well, and you guys had, you had all off-season. You had spring. You had, a, you had a blue-white. You had two exhibitions. How ready do you feel the team is for the regular season? Um, I think we're as ready as we can be. I mean, as a staff, we've just been super impressed with the girls. Um, you know, it's not often you return so many starters. Mm. So our experience, our leadership – have these old girls, we call them old girls on the team now. You're so old, <laughs> oh my so God. old, so old. So and Bella, she's grateful now that she had a stress fracture, you know, one year and so got the extra year and she's getting her MBA right now. Amazing. And uh, yeah, so we're excited. I think the girls have, have prepared extremely well and we feel really confident and really good. Outstanding. You had an amazing foreign trip too yeah. as well to, to build that camaraderie so Bella what what did that trip do for you and the team as you push into the power five level and and the big 12 not that you haven't been playing at that level but it's different it's, mm -hmm. it's a different feel for sure I thought that trip really just brought us together we're all best friends to begin with but that trip just brought us even closer playing in some new places seeing some new places experiencing different things as a team I thought just helped us gel as a team even more I want to ask both of, you, both of you this question, but from different points of view, obviously from the player point of view and the coach point of view, you talked about the production returning and how much, from a preparation standpoint, as a player, start with you, Bella, how much does that help the preparation in the offseason, knowing you have so much production coming back and you already are familiar that way? For sure. I think it gives us a lot of confidence. I think that's the word that comes to my mind right off the bat is confidence. Like we know that we're bringing back a lot of talent, but we know what we can work on to make us even better as a team. And I think that's super cool. We're just adding to it. From the coaching standpoint, with that much production, yeah. for the preparation, how, how is it different when you know you've got guys that, have, you know, players that are back in, they've been in the system for years now? Yeah, I mean, the, the core of our group is, has competed together for four or five years and have been through a lot, a lot of ups and downs, but a, a tremendous amount of success. And, and I think, you know, most of the time you spend the non-conference kind of figuring out, you know, who's going to play where, what, what the rotation is going to be like, who's best for what position. You know, last year we were trying to fill, you know, who's going to be our center back to, with Grace, who's going to take Kayla's spot, who's going to take Cam and Chase's spot, you know. And so this year coming back, you kind of have a, a lot of things in place. Um, so you don't have to spend most of the non-conference trying to figure out where you're mm. going to be for conference play. And, and so right from the get-go, we kind of know, you know, our starting group and also knowing that we have a potential uh, group of people that are coming off the bench that could also be starters if we needed them to be. Um, and then just a little bit deeper bench with experience, which I think will be really crucial in our run that we want to do this year. 
Um, and so also I think the leadership factor is something that uh, we were trying to find last year, again, losing Cass and Kayla as our captains. And we have very uh, prepared players, but they hadn't been in that role before. And now they've had a year to be in a leadership role yeah. with, with our captains, with, um, you know, Liv and Jamie. Bella's part of our leadership council. Uh, you know, that leadership on the field uh, and that keeping the culture of the team together, especially with the big roster that we have, um, is just really great and, and I think has prepared us to this point where we feel we're, we're in good shape for this first season. First BYU season. women's soccer head coach Jen Rockwood is with us as well as one of her stars, Bella Foligno. Um, you take on Rutgers, and I've, I've kind of been fascinated by these early season exhibitions that don't count mm -hmm. for your record. And it's a significant challenge early. You go, and Bella, you, you beat Rutgers in New Jersey. This, this is a good program. So what did you learn about your team that maybe you didn't know or that you like about your team following that contest against Rutgers? Mm -hmm, for sure. There were some unforeseen challenges with that <laughs> game. We ended up playing on the practice field because it rained all on the, the day before or the standing day of. Standing water on the standing game field. Standing water on the game field. So <laughs> it was kind of a mess. We changed benches about right before the game starts. So I think something about this team is we're super resilient. And no matter if the score counts or doesn't scout, count, we're going to play as hard as we can. And that just gives us the confidence that we can play big teams. We can get big results if it counts or if it doesn't count. Didn't you guys end up finishing that too pretty much in the dark? Because yeah. the field was, no not, it was, not a, it was not a place that <laughs> yeah. no one was playing. There were no lights. Were Coach, no I lights. can't see the goal. <laughs> yeah. There were no lights. Yeah. Quick warm-up, yeah. no lights, lots of water. But yeah, not, not a real warm-up or a team <laughs> no. meeting. Um, we started 45 minutes before kickoff, so both teams were out waiting. We were waiting for the officials. They forgot the whistle. So, you know, just lots of things. But, you know, that's why you do that, because yeah. there's so many things throughout the season that you don't have control of. Yeah. And I think we learned right from the bat. You can't control the weather. You can't control the officials. You can't control the circumstances you're in and because we've talked about it a lot and the girls have gone through so many different experiences that that you know let's go we we can only control so yeah. much and that's how we react and they did a tremendous job of, of reacting to that and really going out and being their very best we played a fantastic game against a really good team that basically returns all of their starters yes, yeah. they were they're picked and and hope you know hope to win the big 10 this year, which is a lot, you know, they're, they're ranked over Penn State and, and those guys because of what they return. And, and we went out there in those circumstances and, and played really, really well. Well, you guys, BYU is used to having a target on its back, regardless yeah. of where they play, what conference <clears throat> they're in. Yep. You guys are picked to win the Big 12. First of all, that shows exactly the type of respect that BYU has. And congratulations for you putting this program in this position. What did you make of that? And, and Maybe what 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 does that add to your plate this year, knowing everyone's gunning for you guys this year? Well, you know, it's certainly an honor uh, that the coaches in the Big 12 thought that, you know, we we're going to be good and a, a good addition. Uh, they are a great soccer conference. You know, Texas won the regular season. West Virginia won the conference tournament. And then TCU was actually the, the most successful out of those three with uh, the NCAA. So we're going into a very, very good soccer conference. Um, and uh, for them to, to feel like we're going to add to that and, and be the target, uh, that, that's humbling uh, and, and we're honored yeah. for sure. And we'd like to be the target. We talk about it a lot. We want to be the team to beat, so we want that pressure. 
uh, we're ready to perform under those circumstances. And so I think as you talk about it, you prepare for it, you know it's going to happen. We feel like we always get everybody's best effort. So that makes us more disciplined in our preparation and in our mental, uh, you know, how we take the mental strength into our games. And we've spent a lot of time in doing that. So uh, it's a great thing. We're, we're excited. Love that. Uh, Bella, we'll finish with this quickly. Just what are your expectations for yourself for your senior season? Mm -hmm, for sure. It's crazy that I'm a senior. We've already joked about it. I know I'm getting old. But I think uh, as a senior, I'd love to just contribute as much as I can on the offense, score a lot of goals. But also, I guess it's personal and a team, but I'd like to do things we've never done before, like win a Big 12 conference championship and make it to the national championship game as well again. Hey, why not make a return trip? Why not, right? Yeah. yeah. You've <laughs> been there last before. Year. Yeah. been there before. Exactly. It's all good. Go out on a high. Hey, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for tonight, the both of Love you. It. Take it. We'll be watching, clearly. Uh, very excited. And, again, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank thanks, guys. guys. Yeah, thank you. After a Sweet 16 appearance last season, number 13, BYU Women's Soccer, they open up the regular season tonight. We've been talking about it at South Field against number 21, St. Louis. You can check it out at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. All right, up next, a rapid-fire edition of Over Under with Keaton Slovis and key passing statistics for his upcoming season. Call your shot next, Jason. All right, let's do it's it. BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton, and this is Over Under on Keaton Slovis's key passing statistics for the 2023 season. We're calling our shots, Jason. Okay, okay. passing yards, we set at 3,291 because that's exactly what Jaron Hall threw for last year. Uh, I'm going to say over. 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 7,800 yards. No. <laughs> <laughs> over, uh, yes, over. I I'm going to agree with you. I, I, it's not that should not be a shot. No, and it's because he's going to play in more games than yes. Jaron did too. That's going to factor into this. Yes. Over. All right. Okay. Completion percentage. We're going to set the the over under sixty five point nine percent on completions. Oh man, that's his career. I'm going to go hair over. Okay. What about you? Uh, I'm going to say also a hair over. All right. Yeah. Thirty touchdown passes, which ties which is Keaton's career best. I'm going to say under. Okay. But it's not because of him. I don't think he's going to need to throw as many touchdowns. I think you're going to have more on the ground. He's going to throw 32 touchdown passes and match John Beck, one of his quarterback mentors. Okay. 32. Okay. Okay. His best rush ever is 24 yards. Think he's going to get something better than that or under? Over. You think he's going to have a rush longer yeah. than 24 yards? Yes, over. Yeah. <laughs> there will be a play that breaks down and he yeah. takes off and it'll be over 24 yards. Wow. Yeah. I say under. You know what I care most about is the nine interceptions. That's the most in his career. I think he's going to throw for fewer than nine interceptions. Single digits, it's all, that's all that I care about. If it's single digits, B-Way's in good shape. Let's go, go Keaton. Our question of the day. What type of season does Keaton Slovis need to have to be an NFL draft pick? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from BYU Boy on X. I'm assuming he'll get drafted because every quarterback that has won the Heisman has been drafted. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was really getting the blue goggles on oh with the 7,800 passing We don't have big enough blue goggles for that. Today's Rise of Shadow presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about we give it to uh, BYU Women's Soccer tonight against uh, St. Louis? First game that counts as a member of the Big 12. Let's go. Our thanks to all of today's guests. What a show. Very what? busy, fun show. Yeah, it's been a fantastic show. Make sure you follow us uh, and check all of our stuff out on BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Chloe Coolahan. We'll see you tonight for BYU Women's Soccer on ESPN+.